Welcome to the Frontline Response to Health and Homelessness podcast series. This series is based upon the articles published in the March 2020 edition of Parity magazine. It gives voice to those with lived experience of homelessness, those working on the front line, and those that support the sector in delivering services to people who are homeless. My name is Dan Fleming, and I'm delighted to introduce our host, John Willis, who leads the inclusive health team for St Vincent's Health Australia, and our guest, Conrad Clark, whose art accompanies the articles in this edition of Parity magazine. As we're recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, both Conrad and John will be with us via phone for this episode. John, over to you. Thanks, Dan. It's a wonderful to have our guest, Conrad Clark, who's the artist as featured in this edition of Parody Magazine. Conrad was born in 1941 and came from a family of musicians, both of whom were very influenced by the pre-war, wartime and post-war years and the hardships of working, of working life in Newcastle-on-Tyne and also in London. He started his life as a painter at a very early age with the support of a wonderful art teacher and then went to art school in London in the 1960s. Later, Conrad became disillusioned with painting and turned his passion to furniture making and sculpture. He loves inventing, making things in wood, stone and metal, and has been constructing and carving large and dramatic works which have powerful humanistic themes. For example, the blues, tribal and indigenous, crazy horse, Miles Davis in Oz and amnesty. Welcome, Conrad, and thank you for making the time to speak to us as our first interview on this podcast series. Welcome, Conrad. I'm delighted to be here. Fantastic. Well, Conrad, your contribution to this magazine is unique and you're, it's wonderful to have you as our first interviewee. But during some conversations we've had, you've mentioned that you've been homeless yourself when you lived back in London. How did you end up living in a squat? Tell us about that. Well, it was actually quite an interesting experience and it was uh, a common experience in those days. That was London sort of uh, late 70s into the 80s. I'd recently had a sort of personal crisis and uh, my wife was no longer um, with me and my son and so on. It's a, it's a, uh, a not a very happy story. But anyway, so I was lucky to find friends by chance who ha- were actually living in this fantastic sort of um, 18th century villa on the edge of Regent's Park in London, which was, in fact, a squat. Um, and uh, so I stayed there for a number of years, actually, and was a bit of a godsend, really. It was quite co- communal, in uh, not in a formal sense, but we were, were really quite uh, a, quite a community. And there were several houses up and down Albany Street, which goes along outside of Regent's Park in London. And um, <clears throat> we we were quite serious about it. Hopefully, we, w- we would like to have made it into a legitimate um, arrangement. Um, and this was common to mo- a lot of the squats throughout London. And it was kind of based, if you like, on the inequities of the fact that there were there was a symmetry in the fact that there were 50,000 empty properties in London and 50,000 homeless people, you know, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so, Conrad, yeah, yeah. So Con- Conor, that's still an issue today, isn't it? That there's, uh, it there's has. Lot, it is still a, an issue today, yeah. There's a lot of ha- houses around, but there's still a lot of homeless. Tell me a little bit about living in a squat. Often people who are homeless talk about being unsafe on the streets. 
How, how did you uh, did you feel safe living in a squat? Ah, uh, yes. I don't think that really affected any of us actually. Um, okay. I can't remember them being any any problems. I mean, um, Albany Street was a, is a really long street, um, which is sort of had these very fancy houses on the one side, and actually there was a police station. That's the other thing <laughs> on the other side of the street, <laughs> and then there was a very famous uh, White House. The White House Hotel, which was a very posh hotel, on the other side. So um, there were other places, probably Ladbrook Grove and other places in London that were uh, not secure, not you know. Yeah, yeah. But that, it wasn't really an issue for us, I must may say. I mean, yeah. we, there was a, probably about ten different houses up and down the street that had been, if you want to use the word, squatted, been taken over. Um, and they all had um, different variety of people living there, you know, and, and there were some quite dramatic uh, things going on from time to time yeah, in, okay. the house, so, in the houses, yeah. So, so some ways it was a little bit insecure, but it sounded in some ways quite a positive experience. Let's move well, on I think to- so. It was interesting. There were some pretty interesting people who sort of wound up there, you might say, you know. Mm. Um, yes, sure. that's, that's, that's true, you know. So, I mean, and in some ways, the, the homeless scene is a very colourful scene in, in lots of ways, but quite quite tragic in in many others. Yes, it has. I mean, it has a tra- tragic aspect, um, but um, in a in a way, from my point of view, what started as a um, a, a very dire situation from 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 myself um, and and full of um, very worrying aspects, you know. Um, Actually, it became a bit of a safe haven, actually. Um, oh, fantastic. Nice phrase to use. Yeah. Um, safe, well, safe haven for one's, um, uh, you know, sure. life. We, Catastrophes look, of life, you could say. Sure. So let's move on a little bit, Conrad, to that other, um, some of these other life experiences that influence your work as an artist. One, yeah. one, experience, one experience you talked about was travelling in India, and and seeing seeing what was happening in India back in those days, but still probably today as well. Tell us a little bit about your experience in India. Okay, well, I mean, I'd always loved Indian sculpture, painting, music, culture, the whole thing. Long before I got it, managed to get uh, luckily a, a Commonwealth scholarship to study there. Mm-hmm. But that kind of had a bit of a. There were certain difficulties there, um, which led me to be. Um, I, I, I was intending to develop stone carving there, actually. And, okay. Um, what about and the poverty? That, yeah, well, that that was an ongoing thing because uh, the city I was in, Calcutta, was was had a you know um, sort of notorious for 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 that those situations. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think the one thing that came out of that was give you the very strong realization that um that uh, if you're not careful in life generally you could end up on the edge of a bottomless pit of, of poverty you know um and yeah. in a sense it gave you an image of um what could, if if things went wrong uh, and, and it was quite difficult because i actually wasn't really um helped much to find the stone carving position that I was after. So I was kind of le- left on left on my own in the student hostel with a 
um, a bunch of interesting students, you might say. Um, <laughs> so that was that was that was interesting, but it didn't really help me for what I what my main. I was quite serious about my project to develop um, develop myself as a stone carver. And in the end, I ended up um, find, finding myself. I was supposed to be attached to an art school, actually, uh, in India. <clears throat> and uh, it was a very old-fashioned place. And being a bit of a bit of a radical, or or just a, gen- a bit of a rat bag, I suppose you could say, I couldn't really put up with the um, rather old-fashioned approach to uh, to things in the in the art school, which included. The expression "taking the dust off the off the feet of the of the teacher," you know, oh, he's, wow. a, he's a guru, and you, wow. you had to give him that certain respect. <laughs> and then the actual style of the painting was so so um, kind of remote and Victorian. I, I, yeah. I really didn't know what I was doing there. So, I, um, however, um, uh, like most experiences, it's uh, you can make you can make things out of it. And so, I guess so at they- the end of the day. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so Conrad, that 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 incredible experience, your, your experience living in London and developing your your art, you know, your art back then in those days, yeah. living in a squad. Then just let's come to the the paintings that are in this edition of Parity. So your sure. wonderful works are scattered throughout this Parity edition. I there seems to be a ten or twenty of them in there. Yeah. What I what well, I'd like you. Just uh, these these artworks were part of an exhibition at St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne, which was yep. great. And you had you had a, a couple of uh, um, you had an, an exhibition that lasted a month or so there. What I'd like well, you to it's do actually it's, still happening that exhibition by the way. It's still right. on. Still there. Um, it's well, just that nobody can go and see it because of the uh, virus. The COVID nineteen. <laughs> well, look, what I'd like you to do for our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, is could you describe what the style of paintings that appear in this this edition because this is one genre that you've got into this particular these paintings can you describe for listeners what what it's like what do they look like oh that's difficult but basically i've got 16 paintings in in the magazine in the parity magazine which is absolutely fantastic and i just have to say um the exhibition you know has given me um, a, a really wonderful um uh, chance to um, put my works in the context of real life problems that are that ha- and misfortunes if you like um, uh, but not negative necessarily but anyway yes basically the the painting I've got two two bunches of paintings there um, which kind of represent two aspects um, of sure, the, tell me uh, about those yeah all right so um, if you can imagine going into this, it's a very nice gallery, by the way, rather old-fashioned space, but lots of natural light. When you mm-hmm. go in there uh, towards the back of the, of the space, there's a big long wall, and that's where I've got my sort of most serious works there. I've got a painting called The Missing, which has got uh, black and white pictures connected to the um, refugee crisis, if you like. In fact, they all relate to that um, horrible situation. So. Um, I've got uh, another rather graphic image called Overboard, and then is that, on, is that on the front African cover? African family. Con- is that yep. on the front cover? That one, Connor, the Overboard. Yeah, uh, one? Well, that one, the one on the front cover is is actually called uh, Asylum, and that's actually uh-huh. based on a photograph from a newspaper, uh-huh. which I 
I can't really acknowledge because I don't know who took the picture, but it's basically a picture of the migrants from Syria arriving on the shores of Greece. And, and that whole theme relates to another exhibition I had a few years ago, which involved some large sculptors of mine. Um, and that exhibition was called uh, Philoxenia, which in Greek means the, uh, the love of the foreigner because I'd okay. lived in Greece for some time before I came to Australia. Anyway, so the back wall, you've got these major works, you might say, um, of these very heavy and contemporary themes. And then yeah. if you kind of imagine turning turning around facing the other way, there's a bunch of paintings which I consider to be the other, you know, you've got the dark and the light aspect, um, I suppose. And the the other paintings are kind of um, emphasize the richness and joy of family life, you might say, and also of, uh, of culture, which, which sustains and supports people um, mm. in, in different ways. So I've got several paintings of family um, uh, in, a new, in a new style. Slightly. So I'm actually going back to painting after leaving sculpture for a while, and these new paintings are all in oils which I haven't worked in for a long, long time, actually. Um, well, we hope all yeah, our listeners so, go and have a good look at these images. They are very dramatic. I love them, Conrad. But one well, of the thanks things, for saying that. That's yeah. all right. No, I do. I really enjoy it. But one of the things, Conrad, is you – just coming back to homelessness, is that there is a tragic yes. side of homelessness. There, it's, um, it can be – the reason in a, in a Western society like Australia why people end up in homelessness – is for yep. a range of complex issues to do with mental health, um, as, as yeah. in family, family violence and family disintegration, um, substance yep. abuse, and all these things that we know a bit about and we'll unpack further in this series with other clinicians and people who've lived on the street. But with your paintings, you've got that, you emphasise the tragic bit, but you also have this passion of the family and connectedness, which is so important. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that, what connection and family might mean? For sure, for sure. I suppose it's sort of, I mean, uh, I, okay, so I live, I'm living in Northcote, which is a very sort of up-and-coming, very nice uh, suburb, very, very well connected to the centre of Melbourne and, and all that sort of thing. But there is an underlying level of um, problems there, I suppose. Um, but... Uh, um, what was I going to say? Actually, I'm a bit lost. Sort of connection about that connection to other people. How, how how important it is to be connected to friends and family. Oh yes, yes, of course. So yeah, what I was going to say was, without getting too deeply into my own um, sort of um, mis misfortunes or mistakes or whatever you want to call it in life, um, having arrived in Australia and then living in Greece and and all those things before that, and then the squat existence in London, um, I sort of arrive in Northcote um, without a family. And I, I'm, I, think I, I think what I'm trying to say is that um, I'm very, very conscious of the lack of family life. Um, although, you know, having said that, um, uh, I have by now, after quite a, quite a few years, I suppose, developed quite a uh, quite a, a large group of friends. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the balance of lack of family, might, you might say, is balanced by, uh, by, by friendship, 
actually. Also, you know, that's what I was going to say. Like Northcote's a very up-and-coming, prosperous or quite well-off suburb, um, and it's teeming with, with, with prams and families and partners and babies and dogs <laughs> and the whole thing. And I, yeah. I, I, I keenly feel... Um, not a part of that, unfortunately. That's why I sort of, in the last sort of eighteen months, two years, started doing these paintings based on the family. Yeah. Um, but yeah. having said that, as I said, I've got one quite nice painting there called Friends, which is three yeah. of my very close friends who happen to be two of them Libyan and one from uh, from the Sudan. You know, so um, and through them, I've got to know a lot more about. Um, Another aspect, other aspects of life that's going on in parallel to our comfortable Australian existence. Fantastic, Conrad. And I think for for those that are homeless, disconnection from family is a very common um, experience. And I and I think your yeah. paintings, your paintings in in this magazine, in this edition, show some wonderful elements of what family life can look at. So look, let's. What I wanted to do now is move on, and we're we're coming towards the end of our time together, Conrad. But yep. was, you talked about this interesting perspective of your paintings within this edition and how it's sort of within this real life experience and some of the pain and hardship that some of these stories unpack and your art sits in the middle of that. Do you want to talk a little bit sure. about how, how you see that happening in this edition? Sure. Um, one thing I wanted to say and uh, seeing my images in the context of the magazine um uh, alongside um the uh, kind of rather dry and factual text which is uh um the um the, the main the main body of the magazine after all um i sort of see my images um as a kind of um a, a kind of kind of doing a service for it's not just art for art's sake so at last my paintings are in the context which they they um they're comfortable to be in i suppose they're connected mm. to uh, a human crisis of homelessness sickness and the needs of all kinds um and it brings and, that vi- uh, that visual color and life to those stories in some ways well that's right yes i think so yeah i think um you know uh, uh, they kind of amplify the, the text, probably. I hope, and um, you know, if you're working through the text and then the the, the image pops up, um, that definitely brings it into sharp focus. I think, you know, yeah, fantastic. Um, All right, yeah. Well, one of my final questions, Conrad, was: Look, you've lived an amazing life. You've lived in lots of countries. You've experienced di- different ways of living. You've explored art. Um, you've, you've got some friends from all around the world. Um, it's just a, quite an amazing story. But I, I really, just to finish our time together on a personal yep. level, how, do you, how sure. does art allow you to find hope in life? What keeps you, what gets you up in the morning? <sighs> what keeps you going? Because I think what, what, what some of the stories that come through this edition is the story of hope in, against all odds. And I, and I think we're going to ask most people that we interview this, what, what is I suppose it, so. Yes. Well, have... in a way, um, you know, we 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 all know the myth of the uh, the artists in the in the garage, etc. Oh, yeah. But it's true <laughs> that uh, people are more uh, often one aspect of the creative life 
is on the one hand you've got the freedom to express mm. yourself and you've got the language through which to express yourself and I'm lucky enough to have found out um, through painting and sculpture that that's um, my form of expression mm. um, but at the same time it's uh, uh, quite difficult in terms of well it, you, with the virus crisis going on at the moment there's been um, you probably would know of the um, accounts of um, the creative people working in theatre and, and yeah, uh, all lost their jobs. Throughout the so-called creatives are having a very difficult time, and it just goes to show how fragile that situation is. And I, I mean, I've been a teacher from time to time, as well as a furniture maker. And um, but I think what gets you up in the morning is just that need to make one more effort and to and eventually um it's it's a learning process so i think you develop within yourself a certain uh kind of resilience that's the, the word they use nowadays is very yep. um very useful word i guess and um i, th I think it's uh, it, it just and partly because the in the context of um the arts there are so many wonderful examples of um inspiring um, things that have been done, you know, and so to be associated with wonderful music and wonderful painting um, from the past, say, you know, is very inspiring. And I, I think also one one other thing is that the I've always felt a very strong need to communicate with people, and yeah. um, it's not always been easy. So it's been quite frustrating to get the opportunity to. Uh, to show your work and then as, as I said earlier about in the context of um, of, uh, of of the St Vincent's uh, projects um, to help homeless people and the realities actually that's the reality of of a, a life probably harder than one's own mm. very different from one's own and uh, a very rich culture um, say Indian culture is very rich both in its um, uh, most beautiful and it's also balanced with the um, politics and 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 so on um, yeah. of the struggle for existence which yeah. we're all involved in really Conrad it's been wonderful talking to you I'm thank you so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to getting your or your painting shared more widely across the community because I think they can inspire others. So thank you very much for your time well, and thanks for speaking. Well, thank today. you very, very much. I really, I really appreciate the incredible feedback and that I've had from everybody, from Monique and from uh, you guys at the who are, uh, are working on these very difficult programs and helping, doing a really, really wonderful job helping people in very difficult circumstances. So I'm delighted to be a part of the whole, the whole project. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Conrad. Thanks for you too. To subscribe to a printed copy of Parody Magazine, visit chp.org.au forward slash parity. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. .org.au The music track for this podcast is called Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod, host of incompetech.filmmusic.io 
and is licensed under the Creative Commons 4.0 by Attributions License. This information, information about our guests and more can be found in the text under the podcast description. Thanks for listening.